Hey everybody, welcome into episode 29 of the Haven Podcast, the weekly one about all the latest happenings in the world of video games. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you're listening to me, and I appreciate that. Hope you all are had or are having a fantastic work week. On today's episode, we'll be going over Red Dead Online, THQ Nordic buying up them IPs. You semi-remember being good, but it's mostly the nostalgia talking. My feels for the latest demo of Forza Horizon 4. Talked about that a little bit last week on the podcast episode. Got quite a bit of time with it. As well as my, yeah, well mostly just my feels on Shadow of the Tomb Raider as well. So with that said, let's jump into it. Let's start the show, everyone. So first on the docket, Red Dead Online. Because we didn't know this was fucking coming, right? Um, basically, what we got was an announcement from them that they are going to be doing a public beta. Um, I think they said at the beginning of November, or at some point in November. Um, not really much details, nor an exact release date on that. They did have a good um, kind of sit down with IGN as well, a couple of the heads of Red Dead 2, kind of going over what we can expect and see within the confines of Red Dead Online. And it's pretty much you know what i anticipated it was going to be they're going to take and they even said this in the article they're going to take quite a bit of things and stuffs that they did in gta online and then incorporate it but more of in that old west type of look and feel and combined it with other modes they had with you know the original red dead online which was its first foray into like this shared online community a little bit so i think they're just going to take that Updated as they've learned more about what they want their online worlds to look and feel like and just take it to another level I'm personally super excited for it uh, for those that may not know like okay What is Red Dead Online gonna look like right? I think overall what you're gonna see is you're going to create your character You're gonna log in and they are going to have a giant open-world play space for you to go do pretty much anything you want to do it's gonna be I don't know if it's not really sandboxy where you just kind of go do whatever, but within the confines of that, you're going to have heist missions with, you know, your friends. If you want to group up, then you're going to lead that on to kind of just roam around. I'm sure they're going to have NPC controlled like taverns. So you can go in with your buddies or meet random strangers via proximity chat and play blackjack, have a drink, get shit faced, tip over. And they're all going to be several, I'm sure a couple hundred servers worth of well more than that they're just gonna have these giant servers where you just go in you do your thing and then if you want to load up and be like hey let's go do a a horse race or something like that you have things of that nature and if you want you can specifically load it up so that you do a different type of game mode like deathmatch and and stuff like that and I'm, i'm sure there's a couple other things that they're planning to do as well with it so um really excited for it's gonna be i think a pretty fucking rad i mean this is gonna be Red Dead 2 is hands down one of the biggest scheduled video game releases of all time. I don't think it's going to end up... I've heard people say it's not going to do Grand Theft Auto 5 numbers, which can be a little, you know, consorted a little bit because you got to remember GTA 5 released on 360 PS3 and then I think it was like a year later or a year and a half later when the new consoles came out, they double dipped. Um it's going to sell and it's going to sell a lot better than red dead one. That's for damn sure. I think it's going to get pretty close to GTA five numbers though. And people are not giving it enough credit. Like that's the kind of following. And I think kind of hype that's behind red dead. It is one of the biggest releases um, that's coming out in the fall. And like I said, we've had in the last 
I mean, shit, five, six years and stuff like that for as far as video games go. And the, the game looks fucking awesome. And they even talked about, too, in the article going on to say, hey, this is why we're waiting to release the online portion. You know, we're going to give you a couple weeks to get familiar with the single player game because we put a lot of fucking time into it. And we're not here for you just to be those online players. And then you can learn the game that way because all those mechanics, the way it looks and feels, plays, etc. from the single player is all going to be carbon copy, you know, in terms of the online. So as long as single player is good. And I get to experience that, and now you're going to tell me, hey, now take what you love and know about this game into an online space with other people. Fuck yeah, sign me up, all for it. I mean, this game and Fallout 76, I imagine, are going to be my two games that I'm just going to sink so much fucking time into and be covering on the podcast. And as far as streaming goes, I'm going to be covering that stuff as well. Um, Yeah, I'm just really excited, and I think... They're just going to have another major hit on their hands, and it's going to be interesting. The one guy that kind of with the two brothers that run Rockstar, he left towards the beginning of this development and everything like that. I'm sure he still had a lot of input and a lot of stuff they kept over, but can't remember his name, but he left over creative differences and did his own spinoff studio. So this is going to be the very first, I think, Rockstar game in which this, this guy who worked with the two brothers that run Rockstar is not going to be involved and that's going to be interesting to see so they kind of have their chip on their shoulder where a lot of people kept saying like oh yeah the reason they're so good these games is because of this guy and it's like well he's not there anymore so we shall see but um yeah it was was just more little info news bits and as we start getting closer and closer to the end of october when red dead releases i anticipate um starting fairly soon we're going to have more of a it's no longer going to be a drip of info on the game it's going to be more more gameplay, more shit to show and everything, getting us a little more a little more excited than we already are for it. And I'm looking forward to consuming every second of it and I cannot wait to play this. So yep, cheers to Red Dead 2 online. Should be a blast. And um yeah, can't wait for it. Uh with that said, moving on to our next topic of today's episode, THQ Nordic, who if you are a common listener to the show, you will know that I had no idea they were fucking still in existence. That shows you how much I know. So they bought up from Atari the Alone in the Dark IP as well as the Act of War IP. So not going to lie, I had no idea what the fuck Act of War was. And then it's based off of a book that was a game or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. Alone in the Dark, I know that. And there's going to be those uh, video game horror enthusiasts like, ah, I played the original Nintendo. It's a classic or some bullshit like that, you know. And it's like, okay, cool. So... They're in the news. They they bought up some IPs that you kind of maybe heard of and really don't care about. And if you say you care, you're a fucking liar. Go fuck yourself. Like, fuck you. That's bullshit. You no one gives a shit. They're just gonna remaster this shit and charge you twenty bucks for it with a smile. And yeah, that's all this shit is. So, anyways, enough with THQ and that bullshit. What I call filler headlines. Um, moving on to the next topic. So I forgot to mention in the intro. And so this is where I'm going to give him a little soapbox here. So bear with me. So I saw the news come down this morning after I did the <clears throat> the headlines and everything for today's episode. And they Sony announced that, hey, we all of the new Call of Duty Black Ops 2, which drops the beginning of October, you know, all that all that content is going to be exclusive, timed exclusive, fucking hate that word to PlayStation owners by a whole seven days. And that's everything. The season pass, the freak, all that bullshit, right? 
So I'm sitting there looking at this, and I'm kind of going through. I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then I don't know what fucking crawled up my ass. I really don't. But it just kind of fucking ticked me off. I'm sitting there looking at this, and I'm like, Sony, you're a bunch of fucking dumb bastards. And I know I shit on PlayStation a lot. And the reason for that, it's not an Xbox homerism by any means. It's a matter of I just... I have no patience for companies of any size to repeat the same mistakes and repeat bad history over and over and over again. And that's exactly what PlayStation's done. And I know someone's yelling, they sold a hundred fucking million units of the PlayStation. And it's like, great, that's cool. Great for them. They are slaughtering the competition as they should. Go back and look why they're slaughtering the competition. And don't say it's fucking exclusives. It helps, but it's not the reason why. The main reason why before any of these fucking exclusives even hit for PlayStation, they got everyone all fucking made that their narrative of why PlayStation's winning. It's because Xbox shot themselves in the foot and made themselves look like a bunch of dumbasses at the biggest fucking conference in the video game industry. That's why. So I see Sony just repeating the same mistakes that Microsoft did, and I see them repeating the same mistakes they did themselves during the PlayStation 3 era. The writing is on the wall. The idea of being exclusive, no matter how long or how short it is, the idea of no cross-platform play, right? That is very anti-consumer. And don't get me wrong, the people that are buying Call of Duty that are getting excited for it those are not hardcore players. There may be hardcore Call of Duty players, but usually those are the same lot of people that they buy two, maybe three games brand new at release every year. They're casuals. It's simple. You pick it up and go. And now they can say, oh, they're doing their version of the Battle Royale mode in Call of Duty. And I heard that beta came out. People really liked it. You know what? People also like fucking Transformers, the movies. Yeah. Guess what? Those make a shit ton of money every fucking time they come out too, but they should probably stop making them. But people keep going. They keep giving them their money. This is a company that is milking a franchise. Like, they're making fucking Marvel blush with how much games they put out every year. And you see it with their concepts. There's no single player in it. And I get it. Some people are like, ah, whatever. I don't give a shit about single player games. And it's all that. It's like, that's bullshit. You, you may not care about it, but... The vast majority do because look at PlayStation evidently when they release a game like a Spider-Man or a God of War, which is all single player focus with no microtransactions, mind you. Boom. And it sells like fucking hotcakes and it gets great reviews and people adore it. So there is a formula of how to do this. So for PlayStation, where they take such a heavy stance in their own personal games, the hypocrisy of it, right? We'll never have this uh, microtransactions with our, our studio-made games. Okay, cool. But you're willing to jump in bed and mine all these fucking exclusive deals with teams and games that literally just jerk themselves off to sleep about microtransactions. Yeah, looking at you, Activision, and I know people are yelling, well, yeah, well, everything's going to be included this year. Don't you know there's no divvying up the community? You fucking idiots. Are you serious? you got to be joking me. They are just pulling the wool over your eyes so fucking hard, and you're, you're just, like, okay with it. They just they show you what they want to show you. So them having that narrative of, like, everything's included, 
they're still fucking getting you with the cosmetics and all that bullshit, and they're gonna say to you, you can earn it all in-game. Yeah, good luck with that fucking grind. Over and under. Uh, weak tops. When you go to the Call of Duty Red and people are bitching and moaning for Triarch to adjust their drops of how, or excuse me, the grind adjusted of how hard it is, how grindy it is for us to get, you know, our cosmetic drops for for this game. It's, it's all the same shit. It's like the, the car accident keeps repeating itself. I feel like I'm in, I, I'm literally playing an episode of Quantum Break right now. It's fucking ridiculous. It just repeats and repeats. So my thing is, Sony, you have literally done anything and everything anti-consumer towards the tail end of this generation. It's ridiculous, and it's going to bite you in the ass, right? You're partnering up with people. Because think about it at the end of the day, people are going to associate the Call of Duty game, the latest one, with the PlayStation logo. So boom, you already have bad will from people with microtransactions. You're already going to get the shit for exclusivity being an issue people already fucking despise you for your lack of cross-platform play so you're doing all the things you shouldn't do and then on fucking top of that shit i saw it this morning uh for a hundred dollars you can buy the playstation one classic fuck you are you fucking joking me why can't i just buy the games digitally if i don't already own them right and just fucking play on my PS4. Why are you nickel and diming me for everything? And for people that say like, well, th that's for the audience that, you know, they want to just play the PlayStation 1 class. Like, no one fucking wants to do that. Guess what? They're called emulators on your fucking PC. Or if you don't want to do that because it's illegal technically. Okay, I grant you. I'll give you that one. Then you should demand the console that you play on give you these things. How fucking hard is it? Like... You're trying to tell me these licensing issues are such a big deal that PlayStation can only get away with doing it on a physical console release and not digitally? I, go fuck yourself. That is bullshit. This is them seeing Nintendo doing their Nintendo Classic and Super NES Classic, which even that was total bullshit. They saw that, saw how much money they made, how it was such in demand from fucking idiotic people that they were like, well, let's do this. Let's jump on this train. Let's jump on the trend and try to milk people while we're at it. And it's, it's fucking ridiculous to me. Just anti, they're just repeating the same shit over and over again. It's like different mistakes, but they're still mistakes. And they're just, it's right there in front of you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Because the only silver lining I can take of all this is I really do hope that Sony fucks this up and they get shredded at the PS5 launch. Like, no one buys it. Like, they just do and say... Because another shoe's going to drop. They are going to say or do something when they announce the PS5 that will turn people off. And everyone will go to fucking Xbox. It happens all the time, right? My only hope is when they do that, their rebuttal for the PS6 is going to be a fucking badass console. For a great price with even more focus on who they are. And they go back to their roots. Because at the end of the day, that means us, the consumer, wins across the board. And I know Microsoft is going to come out. And I have no question Xbox, uh, Scarlet, whatever we're calling it, is going to fucking slare it the next quarter. Or the next uh, generation. And then they're going to repeat the same mistakes too. It's only, it's only a matter of time before these companies that get humbled get quickly graduated back to cocky. It's fucking ridiculous to me, but that's what they do. So that's going to be your repeat scenario, right? 
at the end of the day, we just have to deal with the shit. And obviously I'm fucking making a podcast and recording based off the information and getting my blood pressure raised about it because I just don't understand why they just don't be greedy dirtbags in the first place. Just don't do that anymore. And all your consumers can just buy everything they want and give you tons of money and everything is good without you trying to fuck them over. But that that's that. The last point I wanted to touch on too, and I probably should have put in this the header. So I saw that Microsoft came out. Speaking of dumb fucks, whenever they do something, that I'm like, God, I'm I'm so happy with you guys. You guys are killing it. You're on the right track. Blah blah. You got to go say and do some stupid shit. So once I saw the reveal of Halo Infinite at E3 and hearing about what they think the game's gonna be coming out, and this is Halo Six, right? That's probably the first time I got, I've been excited for a Halo game in a very long time. Well, leave it to fucking Microsoft to do some stupid boneheaded shit. There's some guy, he's like one of the head guys from 343. He came out on his Twitters and when asked about microtransactions, he basically alluded to like, oh, we're not going to have like paid loot box kind of stuff. So you're still going to have microtransactions? Like just come out and say, no, we're not going to have anything. Like what are you doing? And immediately people threw him under the bus and were like, what the fuck? And then you find out later that they have a posting on the 343, which is this developer that makes the latest Halo or has been making Halo, has a job posting. And they're looking for like a creative director to come in that has experience with like multiplayer games, first person shooters, that kind of shit. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And then at the fucking bottom, the last line of the job description, it said, boom, in parentheses, and also has, or this experience is not limited to microtransactions and it's like you fucking idiot so you're doing the same you're not even out of the hole yet that you've dug yourself in why the fuck do you keep like getting out and you're close to getting out of the top of it and then you're like you know what i really like the fucking hole let me just jump back into it what are you doing like this is an ip that is tied to your brand that you've milked to death and fucking halo is like that college chick that everyone talks about on campus that gets around. Like, she just fucks everybody in the club. She fucks everybody on the campus. She's fucking football team. She's fucking a professor who's like 60 with his old saggly, wrinkly balls on her forehead. She's banging fucking Rob the janitor who, yes or may, he may or may not have like kittens murdered in his backyard. Like, that's fucking Halo gets around the block and instead of like take it easy you know like take a couple take a couple fucking days off let it let tighten up a little bit like give yourself a a chance to breathe down there you know what i mean nope back to it that's fucking halo and so when you see halo finally show up again after she just had a horrible night it's been a couple months you see halo show back up and you're like damn she's actually looking really fine good for her boom what do you get hit with she ends up saying like she has herpes and it's like, fuck, why'd you have to ruin it? Like, I appreciate you telling me you have herpes ahead of time before we get involved in this, but why do you got to have herpes in the first place? There, it's the same exact fucking thing. So these people never learn, don't adjust, but it is what it is. That's the end of my blood pressure, highly amounted rant going down to my last two topics. This I promise <clears throat> I got a chance to spend some time with, Forza Horizon 4. So Microsoft, Xbox, fuck you guys for that Halo bullshit, but thank you, Jesus, for Forza Horizon. 
The last racing game I played, I believe, was Gran Turismo on PS2. So it's been a while. I've This is one of my most anticipated games of the fall. It has always looked good. The idea of this open world racing game, shared, blah, 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 is fucking incredible. So I got a chance to jump on the demo and play with it, and I fucking loved it. So much fun. Um, first thing you probably will always notice with any type of Forza game, whether it's Horizon or the regular Forza series, the fucking graphics. It just blows you away. Absolutely gorgeous. On the, I'm playing it on the Xbox version. Um, so you can run it at 1080p at 60 frames per second or at true 4K at 30. So I've done both modes. I personally am more of a frame rate type of person. I just really like it when it comes to certain things like first person shooters, racing games. I can dig it a little bit, sports games, like all that kind of stuff. And I don't think they make any of those without 60 frames, but nothing surprises me anymore. Stuff that's like third person, depending on how the flow of it is. Um, I like that at 30, but like for Spider-Man, I mean, that game, I would love to play that in 60 frames per second. Uh, God of War 4, love to play that in 60. So, back to the topic, Forza, it's just, it's so fun. That's all That's all I kept saying. As soon as you load in, it takes you through the four seasons. And yeah, it's scripted. And then once you get through the four seasons to kind of introduce everything to you, then it opens up for you to play. Like, I think it's the first section of the map. And I th- was hoping my shit would save over, but every time I logged in, I had to replay it so almost... I was fucking something up or something like that. I don't know, but I just had a huge smile on my face. The game is gorgeous. You, the level of detail of like fine tuning your car before a race starts, or I know later you buy different houses, you store your cars there, then you can do a customizable shit with it. It's just like, Oh my God, I cannot wait to play this fucking game. And it's so cool. Like you're driving around and then boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden you just see like gamer tags pop up of other vehicles and you're like, okay, that's a real player. That's like, this is fucking amazing. And my only thing that I was kind of like, I understood why they had to do this. But like when you set up a race, I didn't get a chance to play it with any of my friends. So I don't know if they just get a notification if we're like grouped up or whatever they call it in Forza, or if I start a race, they get a notification and they can join up on me. But doing the race thing and like doing the whole, you can press Y to rewind in case you fuck up. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because I want to be racing against other people. But I kind of get why they had to do that for the sake of, you know, like, well, what if no one's in the area? You can't be racing against you, against yourself kind of thing. So that was my only kind of deal, which was more of like that MMO type of feel where it was more kind of instant base where everything is there. So um, maybe they could have done somewhere just like it picks a server like randomly or whoever has the closest ping to you. I mean, they have dedicated, dedicated servers, so maybe they could just pick people up from different instances. So you're always racing against other people and get rid of the whole rewind shit. And I'm sure there's a lot of Forza fans and enthusiasts that are like, no, that's the point. I don't want to race against other people. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm like, that's fucking great nerd. So yeah, it's overall, it's just, it was so much of a blast. And then I ended up seeing too, it running in true 4k at 60 on a pc and i just i just I, I literally just came in my pants i cannot wait till fucking this next generation of consoles be it scarlet or ps5 4k at 60 better be a fucking auto the i'm i'm tired of picking i love the option i wish more games would do it now with the x to give me the choice so the ones that do allow me to choose thank you so much i really do appreciate it but I'm tired of having to choose. I want 4K 60. 
and just take my fucking money. However, you want you want six hundred dollars for that console to be able to do that? Here you go, seven hundred. Sorry, honey, no house for a couple of years. I'm getting this shit. It's it's fucking amazing. Like it's just an experience all all on its own. And the HDR too. Ah, if you haven't, please go play Forza Horizon Four the demo. It's totally worth it. It's, it's so good. So excited for this game. So moving on to our last and final topic of today's episode. This is a tough one. So I've been the last couple of days having a chance to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third game in the newly, what's it called, rebooted Tomb Raider video games, right? Or trilogy. So originally I wanted to do an episode of Spotlight on this. For those that don't know, Spotlight is my kind of five to seven minute focus review about a game. So the purpose of Spotlight is I don't want to use it just for video games. I want to do it for film and video games, but I want to do it for movies that I see or games that I play that generally get me excited where I can see the potential in it. So, for example, I see the potential with like a No Man's Sky. It's still a seven out of ten game to me when I played it. So but I could see the potential for it to be something really unique and special. I want Spotlight to do that. So when I'm so I've finished the script, I'm doing editing right now, just some of the boring background stuff for you guys that actually, you know, don't get too bored by it. I've done with the script for Spotlight episode of Divinity 2, Original Sin. I'm done for Spider-Man. And or I'm sorry, I'm I'm doing the last I'm doing some tweaks on Spider-Man. Then I gotta record, edit it, and I got some cool stuff that I want to do with that. So Shadow of the Tomb Raider was gonna be one of my spotlight episodes. I was very excited because I loved the first game. I love the direction they took the second game. And now playing the third one, I'm a little more than 65% done with it. And so I know when people review games, they do not complete them from beginning to end. But I feel like more than 60% into this game is a good barometer for me to have the following opinion about it. I feel comfortable and confident in that. I didn't play it for four hours and then say, like, oh, here you go. Because game developers are known to do that, where they know the reviewer is only going to spend four to six hours with it in the opening. And that's what the review is going to be based off of. So they craft the game to be very a certain way and a certain look and feel that first four to six hours. Because that's when the average reviewer is going to get it. It's also why a lot of people don't you know, give too many pre-release copies and everything like that. And if they do, it's a very tight window. And you always hear about people complaining reviewers, like, oh, I had a press deadline to get this done. Okay. So, what can I say? Shadow of the Tomb Raider is, it's not a bad game. But it's not a good game either. It's, I'm trying to be careful I say this just because this is, very conflicting for me because I love the first two games because I knew what they were in terms of Tomb Raider 1 and 2 are two completely different games in terms of its, not identity, and well, yeah, in terms of their identity and what kind of story they tell. So Tomb Raider 1 to me felt very personal for Laura Croft, reintroducing her character, kind of like their Batman Begins, right? So Tomb Raider 2, um, which is the rise of the Tomb Raider, was very action heavy. So I kind of compare it to Ridley Scott's Alien and James Cameron's Aliens. Two very um, fucking amazing epic movies. Both are very, very different in style and in what it's about and the feel and look of it, right? That's what Tomb Raider is. 
this third one reminds me of just like we always have with those trilogies and movies where like the first two movies are good or great and they build up you know um again like batman batman begins is a very good movie dark knight is fucking mind-blowing and then people hated the dark knight rises dark knight rises is not a bad movie at all is it one of christopher nolan's probably weaker films yeah probably he kind of he kind of paled it in a little bit but guess what when i watched the dark knight rises i just watched that like a month ago i still fucking loved it. I had a great time with it even for all its faults rise of the tomb raider is a game that i still enjoy it but again it's not a bad game but it's not a good game either it's very average in that and i'm trying to give you that opinion and that's why i didn't do a spotlight on it that's that was my original point i I lose track a lot um when i was doing the episode of spotlight i'm sorry for ranting i'm gonna try to clear this up for you guys hit our time limit for today but it when i was doing the script for tomb raider it just became super fucking negative i felt like for a page and a half of a script I spent 90% just bitching and moaning about the game. And I don't think, and when I read back and looked at what my complaints were, I think they're more personal than they are anything wrong with the game. And just to kind of re-quick or quickly recap of kind of what I'm trying to elaborate, what I want to say, they made the decision because Crystal Dynamics, the developer for the first two, they're working on the new Marvel Avengers game for Square Enix, right? So they didn't make the third one. It was um, IDOS Interactive. The guys that did the first two Deus Ex remakes, right? They took on this project. And Crystal Dynamics, I think, helped a little bit in the background. I absolutely adore Deus Ex, the the two that they did. I think they're fucking awesome. Now, this game, they decided to do, make it, they have the ability for action set pieces like Gunfire. I feel like whenever I engage in that, though, it's, I might as well just wipe and redo it because anytime Laura gets in a firefight, I just feel like she gets her shit pushed in and I just die no matter what. Like I really don't have a fighting chance with my gun. So they, I feel like they intentionally made it very stealth heavy. I actually really like that because I think their stealth mechanic in this game is fucking awesome. It feels great. I rather when I get into an engagement and there's not a lot of fights in this game, but when I do get into engagements, you know, it's coming because you can see areas you can stealth in that's okay to me because i love the stealth aspect of this game it's fun it feels great like you get on a tree you can shoot a fucking bow and arrow like you press y you do a bow and arrow shot on some guy's neck and you propel him towards you and you use the branch that you're fucking batman perched on to like hang him and then you can like put his corpse there and he's just hanging and hanging and hanging and some other npc walks by and sees and starts freaking out like it's fucking cool like so they made the lore into like this rambo meets solid snake character that's awesome like her fighting style when she stealth fits that her character on the other hand does not this evolution of her and who she is because i thought that was going to be the focus of the trilogy was laura croft i feel like the first one was the second one introduced this organization called trinity which is like generic bad guys but it ties into her father's death and her journey and her her daddy issues and her mom issues and everything like that so they touch on that the mom portion in this game a little bit but it goes away really quickly and she the main story in this game that i've experienced so far again a little more than 60 percent done is fucking horrible it is just literally shit out of wall who gives a fuck it's she does something that causes and you find this out in the first like 
30 minutes of the game, so I don't want to hear one yell about spoilers. She does something that causes the escalation of the end of the world and like mine lore. And she's trying to prevent, she's trying to stop what she started, right? So it's like, oh, okay, this seems like a neat idea. But the way they kind of uncraft it and go with it, and it's really bad, and Trinity's back, so they're trying to finish up that story arc. I would have much rathered they finished up the whole Trinity storyline in the second game, but they decided to bring it to a third one. Okay. I wish they wrapped that up like in the first quarter of this game and then they did their own journey. So the footprint, this is the best way I can feel to describe Tomb Raider. And I'm going over my limit today, guys. Sorry. Um, but the when, Tomb, when Shadow of the Tomb Raider finds its footing, it's a small footprint, but it's a really fucking awesome footprint. I don't know how else to describe it. In that... Where this game shines, in my opinion, is the fucking tombs. It's the crypts you come across. The puzzles are challenging, but they're not fuck you challenging. Like, they're not, like, puzzles where you're like, well, fuck, how am I supposed to know that? You know, like, there was no way in hell I was going to figure this out. Or they try to be super smart and sneaky, and then they turn out just to be really lame. They don't do that at all. The puzzles are great from beginning to end in this game. The tombs, the crypts, like raiding and discovering the treasures and everything and your power-ups or new gear that you can craft. That fucking feels great. That's a terrific gameplay loop I'm all about. It's just the story to me falls completely flat. I don't care about literally anything that's happening. And you set up this end-of-the-world stakes thing like in the very beginning, like you're racing against the clock. And... Then you see Laura, like, just, like, oh, I'm going to go collect some fucking boxes over here and get some mats and materials. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a swim and just go pick some plants up. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you're giving me two mixed messages. I understand games like this do this, but don't make it so, like, stakey and heavy. Like, fucking the end of the world is happening, like, in an hour. We got to fucking stop this bomb, McLean. Like, and it's like, no, dude, like, you're, you're, get, you tell me and show me one thing. And yet I'm experiencing something completely the polar, the opposite, like make up your fucking mind. You're so confused. And so it, the collections and all that shit, like the hundred percent in area collectibles, all that shit. You guys know how I feel about it with those games. They fucking suck. I do not like them. They take you, they take me out of those games and they serve no purpose to me other than to pad the overall gameplay time. And for the developer to see in a pre-interview of release, like, we have so many, we have, like, a thousand collectibles for you, the player. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, that's not for me. That's not, but I'm not their audience for this either. When they do collectibles, I see what they're trying to do with it in terms of not just padding time, but, like, we're adding more of a story, more of a lore. It just comes off as really fucking boring to me. So when I come across a mural and I read it and then I get like points to learn the language, like one of the native languages, I'm like, this is cool. What does this lead to? You reading more murals. And it's like, okay, like, do I like come across a special NPC at some point or I can converse with the villagers that if I didn't do this before, I couldn't and I miss out on stuff. So I have to backtrack or you're forcing me to go do it because it's going to be a cool experience for me. I can get on board with that. To me, that's worth it, right? There is no fucking reason to do any of this other than you have OCD or... Yeah, that's it. And you have to complete it, which I do. So that's the problem. So you go through and like when they try to tell a story of like, oh, this is the journey. You find a couple of journal entries of a previous expedition that came before you whenever ago and this is what happened i can actually dig that stuff they can make it a little bit more exciting 
maybe cut down on it and just make the each collectible that I get more elaborated. Or you could just keep it nice, short, and sweet. That's what Spider-Man did. And those collectibles were short and sweet, and it connected to the overall universe of that character that I'm supposed to care about. So when I learn about other people, that's fine if I do it every once in a while, but I want to learn more about Laura and her bullshit because I've invested in her for over three games now. You completely stripped all of that away from me. So I have no problem that the game's not action-heavy. I love that it's stealth-based. They could throw the action out the window. I love reading the tombs. But as far as the main story goes and her personal journey from what I've experienced so far, I don't give a shit. The collectibles are just a huge slog. It slows you down. It doesn't really lead to anything other than crafting shit as far as your upgrades go of like you level up and everything. Okay, you learn new stuff and that's great. But the abilities they put in that you learn are kind of bullshit. Like now you can you collect more materials from man-made man-made materials or something like that. Like that's a fucking perk. And I'm like, fuck you. Like that's that's bullshit. That's padding filler. That's you making up an excuse to add extra boxes, you know? And then the other thing in this game too, this is where it starts going downhill and I get super negative with this game, is when you have the controller, if you press the right thumbstick in, she does this thing called like survival vision, which we've seen in all these third person games like Batman does it, Spider-Man does it, fucking Assassin's Creed, it's a staple. Because they fill up the world with so much shit, they need a mechanic there or a future for the player to literally be able to press a button so they can find shit that they've missed, that they've sprinkled and jam-packed into this world. So that's my problem. I feel like when I play Tomb Raider, I am literally pressing that button more than any other button on my controller, and that's the fucking problem. And don't worry, there's a perk in there that you can get that says, hey, survival lasts a little bit more after you press it. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, like... It's that kind of bullshit. So I'm literally just pressing that to see the yellow thing light up because the way they do it, I can't fucking see it any other way unless I happen just to run blindly into it and there's a prompt to pick it up. So you have that aspect. Graphically, the game is... There's that one episode of Seinfeld. Fuck, what is the name of it? Where Jerry's like in the back of a cab and he comes across this lady... And, like, in certain lighting, she looks really hot, and in dark lighting, she or other lights, she doesn't, or something in that. That's what Tomb Raider is. So certain, like, up-close cutscene conversations that occur, the game is gorgeous. Like, the character models, everything like that. And it reminds me of that dinosaur game that came out for PlayStation, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, it was the same exact problem. When you get into conversations, though, where there's not really a cutscene... The models look janky as fuck. Like, there's times where I'm running around, the, like, a town, just, like, collecting shit, because that's cool. And I see some of the character models, and they look fucking, like, Assassin's Creed from, like, five years ago. It looks fucking horrible. Um, the jungle itself and the environments you come across, from what I can tell, they look gorgeous. They look beautiful. The game runs, for the most part, pretty good. I'm playing on the 4K 30 mode. And there is some frame rate drops, no question. It's not lock 30 for me on my end. I tried the higher frame rate road, and that thing was going fucking up and down for me on my Xbox. I was like, this thing cannot handle the 60 frame target whatsoever. And plus, the way the game plays, it is a little bit slower in a certain regard. So I feel like having it at 4K, I can really enjoy the visual and that whole thing a little bit more. 
than say a smoother frame rate so yeah graphically i've heard so many people like oh the jungles look great and they look like yeah they're great like don't get me wrong but the jungles are just fucking jungles there's nothing in there like other than a couple of animals you come across and more collectibles and you jumping that's pretty much fucking it it's like we've created this huge amazing area for you to explore and boom nothing and going back backtracking to the stealth mechanic they do this mechanic that they got from snake eater from the original metal gear where you can like submerge yourself laura cannon mud and that camos her makes her more stealthy that's fucking really cool like i wish they expanded on that i wish they went all in with a stealth and they were like what's this game going to be about totally it's going to be 50 percent fucking stealth combat and the other 50 is literally going to be you being a tomb raider Sign me up. I'll fucking take a hundred hours of that, you know, for 60 plus bucks, because those are the two aspects that really worked in this game for me. Everything else is really bad. And I mean, average at best on a good day. And I'm not, I'm playing it, not even caring about what the story is. I really don't care how this concludes her journey. I really don't. What I am excited to do though, is do more of the fucking puzzles and more of the reading of crypts and tombs because those things are fucking rad. They are so much fun. They are so diverse looking in their builds. The puzzles are very different across the board. I haven't come across a puzzle mechanic yet that I can recall that feels like they copied and pasted it. Nothing like that whatsoever. And I absolutely love that aspect of it. So if I had to give it a rating, I would say, you know, I think seven, seven out of 10 at best. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. And it's I, I was really looking forward to this game. I was excited for it. And, you know, to be honest, when I first got into this, I'm coming off of playing Spider-Man, which, again, is another open-world third-person game, right? So, but completely different. More action-heavy, you know, and it's it's a different type of game completely. The only characteristics they share is the camera angle and the genre. That is it. So I had to personally readjust... Not my expectation, but my mindset going into Tomb Raider because it's a slower game and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a different type of taste that they wanted to go for. I personally loved the look or I, I loved what they went, what they tried to do with a more stealth base and hates about raiding tombs and shit. I love that. They killed it for me on that regard, but everything else is a huge miss for me. So I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know if I'm even going, I'm going to finish it just because I want to play all the tombs. Like, as far as the other collectibles go, to be honest with you, I'm going to be like, eh, whatever, I don't give a shit. I want that 100% on the Crypts and Tombs because those have been the best part of the game so far and so much fun. So that's kind of my overall impressions or feels about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, guys. Um, I'm going to start wrapping this up because I think I'm losing my voice. I've been talking for 42 minutes straight. My God, I am so sorry for your guys' ears. Um, so with that said, it's over. It's done. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. I, I greatly appreciate it. If you want to help the podcast grow, uh, you want to be involved on it, I would absolutely love that. Links in the description below on how you can do one or both of those things. Um, I, I fucked up on my... What's it called? I, I said the last episode that this was going to be the season finale. Apparently, I forgot how to count, so that's cool. You always like those revelations. So, with that said, this upcoming Monday's episode, which will be is the season finale for season one. So that's episode 30. So I got a couple ideas planned for it for the season finale. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's going to, it's going to have some, the focus is going to be like film and TV like usual, but I'm going to do some other stuff with it, or I'm hoping to, I'm still 
trying to do some ideas. And then once that season's over, it's like, okay, Danny, what? Season two starts that Friday? Nope, I am taking off. I will be back for season two. The target date is um, November the 2nd, which I believe is a Thursday or Friday. I got to check the calendar, but that is the target date. So after um, this upcoming Monday's episode, I will be back in the beginning of November for the season two of the Haven podcast. And you're probably like, well, Danny, you're going to be gone for a couple weeks, you know, and actually more than that. So what are you going to do in the meantime? You got to keep it going. I will have two incredibly fun, I know I'm hyping it up and I don't care because I'm really excited about these amazing spotlight episodes for you guys. Again, those are going to be Divinity Original Sin 2 as well as fucking Spider-Man. I'm so excited for you guys to hear that, those two spotlights. I've been working my tail off with it from the editing, the music, some new hardware or software shit that I'm using. I can't wait for you to get a listen to it. I hope you guys really enjoy it. And those will be posted the last week of September and the first week of October. And then boom, I am a ghost until the very, I think, first Friday of that November. And Steph, we're coming back for season two and what have you. So anyways, as always, thank you so much for listening, guys. I really, really do appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy the show and I will talk to you guys this upcoming Monday. Take care.